Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, you guys, welcome to the midweek edition of the Temple of Who podcast. We are live on Spotify Green Room. I'm here, as always, with the homie King. This week, we have a very special guest, friend of the pod, since from when we were out the trunk on uh, SoundCloud, trying to make it pop. Uh, he's been rocking with us since day one. Chris Connor, what's going on, my boy? What up, man, man? I, first, I got to say, man, before all the, before all the petty and the nonsense start, man, I, I'm I'm proud of where y'all have taken this thing, man, and can only imagine where it's going to continue to go. You know, you got y'all potting back, you know what I mean, multiple times in a week, and the playoffs about to start. So I know y'all going crazy, man. So shout out, shout out to y'all, man, and Temple of Hoop, man. All good, man. We appreciate it. All right. So, first off, to get it going, congratulations. Your Pelicans locked up that play in spot. They are playing basketball beyond the regular season. Uh, just decide whether the game is going to be in New Orleans or the Spurs. They have to finish one game ahead of the Spurs because the Spurs took the tiebreaker winning two out of three in the season series. <clears throat> the first thing I want to ask you, Chris, and you know, you're super tapped into this team. What happened when that team was at three and sixteen to to change the whole trajectory of the season? Man, that's a really good question. And I mean I, I know it's more complicated than you know than any one answer can really specify, but the best thing that I could tell you from every from everybody that I've talked to and what's been written and been out there, shout out to uh, my man's Jeremy, J-Dub is in here, um, you know, was Willie Green, man. Um, you know, it just seems as if, you know, he he found a way to, to hold things together, hold that locker room, keep them, you know, believing that, you know, even the comments along the lines of, you know, you guys are losing games right now that, you know, today that you're going to win months from now. You know, stuff like that, man. Just finding ways to believe, you know, you know, cutting the season into into sections versus just looking at it at a full 82 game spectrum at a time. You know, just stuff like that. And then once you start winning, you start building off that afterwards and things started turning around and you start seeing some guys get get back healthy. You start seeing some improvements. You set yourself up to make moves down the line to where you're not even thinking about that no more. So uh, but it had to start from somewhere and from everything that I, everybody that I talked to, everything that I've seen, heard and read, you know, you got to give, I mean, the players definitely deserve Brandon Ingram being healthy matters of, you know, of course, unlike anything, you know I mean? Else when you look at the the record without him, but I think we got to give a lot of credit to Willie Green and what he's been able to do. Yeah, man, that was uh, the, the Brandon Ingram when he plays and doesn't play uh, record is, is kind of hilarious. They go from, uh, a late seed of playoff team to write in the Jabari Chet, Jaden Ivey uh, sweepstakes whenever he doesn't play. So that's kind of crazy. So talk about what you've seen from uh, B.I. 
me and Kings have argued, I think B.I. is the best wing playmaker in the league that's not named LeBron or Luka. Kings has his boy Jimmy Butler ahead of him, so we've argued about that a couple of times. But just talk about kind of what you've seen from Brown. A lot of it, because the numbers don't really tell the tale from him. It's not much of a difference, but there's obviously been a leap in his impact and winning. So just a guy who's seen pretty much all you know, 79 of their games, what's been the biggest uh, leap for you? Well, first, well, first of all, that, that's a hell of a conversation to have that y'all that I need to hear uh, on wax if it's not already on it. That's 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 a discussion I don't think people have often. And I I, I was thinking, um, you know, I'm I'm over here trying to come up with names, and Jimmy Butler's a good one. Um, no, nah, man, I mean, I think just the you know the way he's approaching the game and how it, like visually it just looks it looks like he's seeing the game differently. You know what I mean? I mean, he's not he's spent a lot. I think earlier in the year. I saw some flashes of B.I. kind of, you know, rushing into things, maybe being a little bit too hyped up, maybe, you know, taking some plays that really aren't there. But, I mean, once he got into once he got into a complete groove, man, you saw somebody who just, you know, he was seeing the play before before it was available. And, you know, mentally when when, you know, Maples, you know, mentally when that light turns on for guys, man, it's, with that level of talent, I mean, it's curtains. So. I mean, I had already felt like the passing, even dating back to his to his his years in LA. I've seen him run point guard, right? When guys would go down, or even you know at points when you know when guys were healthy, I've seen that level of ability. But the but the consistency on top of playing with some of the guys that he was out there with, and there's a there's a long list of of, of players that we don't even have to name this year. I mean, looking at boxing one coverages, looking at just the you know the type of things that that we saw him deal with this guy out the lineup that guy out the lineup you playing with a team that's not built for you it's not built around you that guy isn't here um to still make those leaps especially just as a just 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 visually mentally and as a as a playmaker man the way he like you watch bi even just pass the basketball those one-handed passes they're crisp they're not they're not telegraphed it's just a it just feels like a combination of everything just you know, coming together for him at the right time on top of the work on his body um, and someone, you know, who bought in. And then you add them putting together talented guys next to him and getting healthy and some other improvements for guys that needed to be in different fits and so on and so forth. And you see a guy who even like you mentioned, if the numbers aren't completely there, I think uh, he's he's made a big jump this year. Just how he's seeing the game. And how you watch him pass the basketball, and even if like it doesn't have to be an assist for him, he's making the right play. And I mean, that's that's a part, that's a big part of leadership, I think, for him. For someone who may not be the most vocal, I mean, he's making the unselfish plays, and he's picking his spots a lot better, man. Do you hear that, Kings? Do you hear that? Get out of here with Jimmy Butler. I heard it. <laughs> I'm messing with you, bro. <laughs> you know, Jimmy been doing that for a minute, though. That's true. You, I think, I think Jimmy got him. I think, I think Jimmy got him, but I don't think it's for, I don't think, I don't think it's for much longer. But I, I do agree with Kings. I think Jimmy got him. And I also want to add that the the friend of the pod, Paul. I see you. Paul made a note to add that his boy KD is definitely a a top tier playmaker at the wing. So I, I I have to 100% agree. That's my fault, Paul. I just get so caught up in KD scoring, I forget about the other part of his game, which you are. 100% 100% correct. I got you, Paul. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I told somebody that, and then they told me that KD himself said B.I. was better. But, you know, KD, he, you know, he'd be, do, he be doing that. He'd be showing love to guys he liked. But 
KD better for, for me. Right. So let's real quick before we go into the rest of the league. Um, the playing game obviously is going to be against the Spurs. It's just a matter of <clears throat> who is going, where the game's going to be, San Antonio or New Orleans. I've seen all three of those games. Aside from the one blowout, the the Spurs has just been pretty giving the Pelicans hell. <laughs> the other two games, it's kind of crazy to watch. So what are you looking for, like, the Pelicans to do differently than the two games that they've lost to the Spurs so far? Because they've been really close losses. They just they kind of beat themselves both games they lost. Well, I I mean, I'll say that, you know, number one, 14, got to be out there. But even – but, you know, regardless, they got to – and uh, man, in a lot of Pelicans games, that first quarter minute is so telling. You know, and look, <laughs> right. you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Like, I mean, look, if you for those that watched that Laker game, you know, last Sunday, man, look, I mean, I know they've they've had some really good comebacks and so on and so forth. But look, man, you could you could tell early in that first quarter a lot of times like which way the shit going. You know what I'm saying? Because the energy dictates it. Are they bringing a fight to the team they're going against, or is the or are they letting the other team dictate? you know, how the how the game is going to go. And now, you know, you can finally look at the Pelicans and say, you know, the talent, the talent is there. It's creeping up to where um, if they just if they go out there and play, play hard, play defense. Right. If they go out there hungry, they should be able to put a team like San Antonio in the box. No disrespect. That's just where I think they're they're at or they should feel like they're at right now. Um, And. When you look at all three of those games, I mean that's that's kind of different. San Antonio wanted it more um, the uh, the game as soon as I think right after right before the All Star break. CJ, I think it was CJ's second game, and then the last not the last game, but the game they played in San Antonio. New Orleans came out with all the energy, you know what I mean, and put the game away in the first quarter. And in Game Three, they get out. No Dejounte Murray. No, well, no, no, no. no I'm, I'm sorry, Dejounte did play. Bi didn't play. Um, but the crowd was the crowd was there. New Orleans get up by 10 and they start playing and playing with their food. And San Antonio, you know what I mean? They're built to come back from from situations like that and make you pay for, you know, um, you know, playing around or not taking care of the basketball. Cause nine times out of ten, they're not gonna do the same thing on their side. So um, I mean, that's really what it is to me, man. You come out and you set the tone, set the pace early in the first quarter and show that, you know, like this ain't like, you know, we we got we got things past just we have aspirations past just this play and even if it's still in a game or two against Phoenix, then I think you should be okay. Yeah, that's the Spurs are always funny to me because they obviously need to blow it up, but Pop will not let them boys tank. So it's kind of hilarious. They 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 did end up landing DeJounte as a late steal to get a starter build around, but it's just kind of hilarious how Pop will not let them boys tank under any circumstances. It's like against his religion. Um yeah, man, I'm looking forward to that. The, the Clipper game last week was scary, man. It felt like the Clippers, like y'all know, y'all gonna have to go us go go through us to get to that A spot. And the Clippers kind of sent the message. Uh, your boy Andrew Lopez from ESPN did let me know they were in LA for five days, so we gonna chalk that L up to the Za. <laughs> <laughs> five days in LA, so you know, I, but that that made me a little bit nervous for him. But you know, it'll be interesting. I'm happy to see my favorite player finally get to play basketball. That that means something. I mean, regular season matters, but it's not it's not playoff atmosphere. So that's what I'm excited for, man. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On the other end of that, Kings, I know you hate doing it, but the Lakers were eliminated. We got to brush over them just a, a little bit, bro. Uh, I know you hate this part of it. Uh, the first report came out that Vogel is gone at the end of the season. So, Kings, do you have a couple names you want to drop in here to possibly uh, replace him for next season? Yeah, you know, I actually saw somebody uh, bring up uh, Quinn Snyder, and I know, you know, a lot of people have uh, qualms with his ability to um, adjust or be stubborn in his ways. But honestly, with how the Lakers have been playing these past few seasons, you just need somebody who's gonna who's gonna bring a modern approach to basketball offensively, and uh, he's gonna, you know, go one big. He's gonna use a lot of pick and roll. He's gonna make them try and space the floor out. Uh, he has modern principles. Um, I, I think offensively, the Jazz. Honestly, we're, we're fine. I mean, I just think they, like, lacked, you know, real playmakers or real guys who could slow down the game and be able to go off script. Um, I mean, Donovan Mitchell, as good as he is, you know, he, he struggles with making entry passes. I don't know if that's because he want, he doesn't want to or he just really can't hit them consistently. But, uh, you know, Joe Ingles was their best playmaker for, like, the past, you know, four years or or whatever. So I, I think with, with if, you know, if they keep LeBron, um, and they move Westbrook and they obviously get better role players. I think that would be a good name. Um, Doc Rivers is a hell no. Um, Mike Dan Antonio, Mike Dan Antonio will be coaching the Sixers. So that doesn't really, you know, he's not a, <laughs> uh, so honestly, you know, outside of Quinn, man, outside of Quinn, it's really not, it's really not many names that really move me out there that's available. Um, I think Quinn will be the best just because he has experience already. He has a success. He successfully implemented a, a good modern offense, and uh, you can just. I mean, if, if they're not cheap, then you can go around the league looking for you know prominent defensive assistants and uh, see if you can get them on board. But I like Quinn. I like Quinn as the best as the best pickup because uh, Mike D'Antoni he's going to coach the Sixers. Right. So I got a question for Chris. Chris, as a guy who had rooted for AD for seven years. Um, how do you feel – would you feel if the Lakers were to kind of get Alvin Gentry on the staff as a head coach or even as an assistant? Do you think that that would be a good move for them? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I love uh, assistant Alvin. I mean, I think I think uh, he's you know, he's proven over time in his career, I mean, even dating back to uh, the uh, state in Golden State, that, you know, he does wonders, right? He does want, wonders as an assistant, as a head coach. For a multitude of reasons, bad luck, so you know, whatever you want to point to, it just hasn't rolled. It hasn't rolled his way, and we've had enough examples over time to kind of see it that way. But I mean, as an assistant, I mean, from everything you know that I that I know about their relationship, that you know, AD, you know, and Alvin were, you know, were. Uh, I mean, I don't know how. I know that 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 last that last season really uh, took a toll on Alvin. Um, you know, dealing with the a lot of the drama that you know. Would, took place between AD and just him wanting to leave and get out of there. Uh, but if you could find a way, you know, to get him over there, I mean, I think, I think it would be, um, you know, a really good addition to that, to that coaching staff. I mean, and look, I mean, he's one of the, he's still even at his age, one of the better 
basketball minds, I think, that we have in the game. Uh, you know, players, coach, I, it would be, to me, a really good fit. You bring somebody that AD is familiar with, um, you know, and hopefully, you know, you get you can get a full – you can get get him hungry and a full healthy offseason, you know, to kind of maybe, you know, set up people like me to think, you know, he's uh, – I mean, I, I can't say I can't say was, but somebody who won't, you know, return back to that guy that we saw pre pre bubble in the bubble and uh, years before. Right. And then, Case, um, how would you feel about Gentry? I know, you know, Snyder's your guy. What would you think about Gentry? I, I'm at least I'm to the point where I at least have him on staff. You know what I mean? But what, what, what are your thoughts on Gentry? King? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, on staff is great. I think on staff, you know. He, you know, he'll he'll be a he'll be helpful, uh, providing uh, input in terms of the game planning, in terms of like how to utilize Anthony Davis, uh, you know, just uh, helping things out with like pace. Like Alvin Gentry was great with uh, p- pushing the pace, getting guys again on the run, getting guys uh, in position to score where they, uh, you know, at the, the positions that they like. You know, uh, the Pelicans were very good offensively at least. I mean, granted, they play too fast, but they're very good at uh, offensively putting up points. I think it's good synergy with uh, with Quinn and uh, with Gentry. Um, I mean, honestly, it's just up to the Lakers and how much they want to spend. I think they could easily have him on on the as a as an assistant. But does Genie want to you know break the break the purse out? I mean, we had Monty, we had Tyloo, and we had Vogel, and we had Jay Kidd, and they had they ended up with the worst one somehow. <laughs> so um, it's just really up to Genie at this point. Oh man, that's uh, yeah. Now that that's come out about how the Lakers are unwilling to kind of spend beyond a, a certain amount, that's going to be definitely on the spotlight. How much teams will open the pocketbook here? Uh, the last Which is crazy. Have, yeah, right. The last thing I want to ask you, I think the, honestly, what it is, Chris, is just the the owners' portfolio is basketball. You know, the o- other owners they bought into basketball rich. The Lakers got rich through basketball. You know what I mean? So it's like they're not as flush with money as you know a Balmer. Or the the Memphis owner, who I just found out is not too far behind him. So, you know, we'll 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 see what happens. Um, Kings, what do you feel about Darwin Darwin Ham, man, from Milwaukee? Uh, been interviewed a couple times for major head coaching gigs, been passed over. I look around the league. You know what's funny? The 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 bud coaching tree is not doing bad in the NBA, bro. So, how do you feel about Darwin Ham? I, th- I mean, I, th- I think based on what, what we've seen from this year, he deserves a shot. I mean, right. you, have to, you have to give them a shot. If, I mean, you you saw what happened when the T-Wolves gave uh, uh, our coach from Nurse Tree a shot after Nurse's success, and look how and look where we at. You know, we we immediately turned around from when we picked him up last year midseason up until now. So, I mean, you see how – you see the success he got over there in Memphis. I mean, you got to give him a chance. Like, like you got to give him a chance. They're doing it without Jaw, with Jaw. So, it's it's top to bottom. Um Success over there, top to bottom uh, uh, execution. So I, I would coach anybody, honestly, from the front office too, because their front office is hit on, on all types of picks. Like whoever is over there, man, get them on your on, on your team because they're just successful at everything they've been doing uh, so far in terms of rebuilding their team quickly. Yeah. So the last ten minutes, we're gonna open it up. Uh, I saw some questions in the chat. If you have something you want to come ask, I'm gonna bust through going about ten to fifteen more minutes. Go ahead, hit that button. And uh, well, we'll get it going this last 10 minutes. In the chat here, we said, what makes the Grizzlies different from the Hawks, from Jessica Adair? I think defensively, the even in the same answer, but defensively, the Grizzlies are much better. I, I Like if the Grizzlies 
will make it out the West and wouldn't surprise me. If the Hawks won last year, I would have been surprised. I also don't think I also don't think the the Hawks are going to run into a team that's going to fold like the 76ers or the Grizzlies are rather. That, that, that was a Hawks segment. Grayson ran to a really bad and unprepared 76ers team. And I think that the the West is a little better than that. Yeah, for me, I mean, it's it's really it's really like you said. There's more. There's multiple guys who can help you know run their offense. I think really that having a a backup guard like Tyus Jones, for example, yeah. is is really key because if you look at the if you look at the uh, the Hawks when Trey was out, it was very hard for them to have a guard come in and, and and run effective offense. I mean, if you look at Memphis, that's why you see they're so successful. When the uh, jaw's not on there, they have guys who can run the run their scheme. They got guys who can get other uh, other guys involved outside of Josh, not just relying on Jaw to create for everybody. And then, like you said, defensively, it's they're just more versatile. I think. You know what I'm saying? I think with the uh, the Hawks, it was just hard to play Collins and Capella together, whereas you can play Jaron Jackson and uh, Adams together, and it actually makes sense. Like Jaron Jackson Jr. is really just versatile. Uh, all type of world ability on defense where he can play outside, he can play inside. And you, you know, you can, so you can pair him with Steven Adams. You can have Steven Adams do the dirty work and have Jaron Jackson guarding the outside and be the uh, weak side uh, help. Or you can play small ball with Jaron Jackson Jr. You couldn't play, really play effective small ball defensively with, with uh, Collins. And he just wasn't that good on the perimeter defensively. So I think those, those are the main points. I think that really separate uh, Memphis from Atlanta is just, they have more, um, they have more versatility on offense, and they have more versatility, just better defense. Got it. Uh, Chris, this is for you. Uh, James, also a friend from the timeline, he said, what should the Pelicans do with the Lakers draft picks? <laughs> I'll let you take that. <laughs> Burn it. No, no. Um, <laughs> to me, to be honest, man, it really it really depends on where it, where it falls. I'm of the mindset. I mean, you know, when you're when you're a small market, you definitely have to, um, you know, you want to take advantage of these of these moments and these situations to, you know, get talented players uh, that are that are cross that are cost controlled that you can put in environments in which, you know, maybe the average player that's being drafted in the top ten isn't used to, you know, going into. So instead of, you know, let's say you're able to get into that top five area and you're drafting. One of those, one of those individuals, no matter you know who who, who it is, you know Ivy or whether it's Chet or whether it's uh, Paula, whoever whoever it is, you know you you have the opportunity to put them in a situation where they're not carrying a franchise and they can they can contribute and just worry about playing the game because everything else that everything else from the coaching staff to the roster, the talent around them is going to be set for them. All they got to do is go out there and hoop. So. Um, uh, my mindset is if if it falls in the top five, I think I think you draft one of those one of those guys. Um, I think if it's below that, I would consider packaging it um, and seeing what what I could do to add to um, the roster, continue to add depth in certain areas, you know, uh, move, you know trying to figure out an option or, or uh you know upgrading Devontae Graham. I was about to say go ahead um, and say it. Just go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Finding a way to upgrade Devontae Graham. Yeah, I mean that that's why <laughs> that's why I would be. But if you get an opportunity to get in that top five, you take you take one of those guys, man. I mean they could really you could really be like we talking about how special they could be when Zion comes back, but um 
I mean, you're able to add one of one of one of those talents in there, and they're coming off of your bench, you know, with no pressure other than to just go out there and hoop versus having to be in Orlando, you know, or Houston, where it's a little different. Man, uh, I mean, we could be talking about something really special. Uh, oh, I like this one. Um, I want your your thoughts on this too, Chris. Who do we have in a Philly Raptors series? And Vinay had an add-on question. Does Toronto have an advantage if unvaxxed players can't play in Canada in the playoffs? So, I'll let, uh, Kings, I'll let you start there. Uh, Philly Raptors, who you got? Maples, uh, I know you took you took the <laughs> Raptors, but, I, uh, man, I just feel like B would be too much. And, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like Philly will find a way to win at least that series. Um, second round, probably not, but I, I think they'll edge that series out in a tough six or seven games. I got Philly. And uh, do they have an advantage by not allowing unvaccinated players? I mean, yeah. I mean, if they're if if their whole team is vaccinated and the opposing team is not, absolutely, that's a, a an advantage. Especially if the opposing team has a a good unvaccinated player, so uh, that is an extra home court advantage for them in terms of availability. But uh, you know, that's that's the rules or the laws in Canada, so it's nothing you can do about it. Chris, who you got in the, in the Raptors? Man, so just. <laughs> My my heart my heart wants to pick Toronto so bad, man. I it's unhealthy how like while while loving and the Pelicans top to bottom, man. The Raptors my second favorite team in basketball, man. Uh, I mean I love I'm I love what they're doing, and I I didn't understand any of the uh the talk earlier about trading Fred Van Fleet, and maybe that's something you do you know you eventually have to have to figure out down the line, but. You know, I, I wanted to see them healthy and OG still still battling. He's battling a new injury now. Hopefully he, he's back soon. But um man, I, I they but the end of the day, bro, I, I mean, they're coming out there with you know, six foot seven, six foot eight centers, man. Pascal Siakam's your center. I just you know, Joel Joel should have forty a night, man. And if they're gonna double, you know, what I mean the shooters should be able to make them pay. I think James Harden on the uh, on you know playing playing opposite playing opposite side, a weak side, should be able to uh, you know redeem you know <laughs> redeem something for Jason to forgive him for for his playoff struggles. But um, nah, I mean I I just don't see. I I watched the Raptors play play the Pelicans man, and and, and Jonas Valanciunas looked like. Uh, he, I <laughs> yeah, man. I, I mean, and we talk about Jonas. Jonas, yeah. Jonas looked like a team out there, bro. So what, what, what is Joel going to look like against that front line? This is not, and they're not gonna. They, and Toronto's not gonna change from that. That's who they are. That's that's what they committed to. So I, I just think it's too much. I think they can win. I, it, it could go seven, but I got Philly. Right. So here's the thing. I think you guys are a hundred percent right about the Embiid matchup. He's gonna kill them. Every minute he's on the floor, but the last, just like when Toronto beat him last time, they just destroyed the 76ers in the nine, the nine and B minutes. So even if he plays, let's say he plays 37, 38 minutes, that's 10 minutes of basketball where you get killed. You know what I mean? So like that, that's kind of, kind of where I'm going with it. I think it's going six or seven regardless. And like I said, I'm calling my shot, man. I got Toronto winning that series, man. I, I just really think hard is going to be in the seven circle of hell dealing with all those wings, man. He just, there's just no space for him. To, to kill anybody and search yeah. for a matchup weakness. Yeah, but Maples, they go inside out, you know, at the end of the day, he's still going to get favorable looks because they're going to have to double Embiid, and that's going to give him the numbers advantage when he catch off and then he attack the closeout. So, okay. The that's, day, I mean, like, I guess, like, 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 that, could, yeah. that could very well 
happen. I just, you know, I'm, I, it's a, it's a long series to me, and I just think it's right. I think it's a long series regardless. I would agree. I would have agreed with your with your with your take if you know MB played like Clint Capella. You know what I mean? But MB, <laughs> MB is he, he can get on the outside. He can get on the inside. He he's a real he's a real nightmare to handle. And you can literally play off him as opposed to off Harden. So I think that's what's gonna uh, take Philly over the top, at least for that matchup. Uh, Chris, another one for you. Do you feel vindicated from wanting CJ McCollum? When the Pels fans said before the season they would not trade Nikhil Alexander Walker for him, <laughs> bro, bro. Every time, every time I like think about this shit, bro, it makes my head explode, man. I mean, I don't even have like like Vinay just stirring shit because he know he know how I feel about this, man. Like, no, I don't, I don't feel vindicated. I just feel like part part of all fan bases are, are are stupid. Like that's just it. Like, what are we, what are we talking about, bro? Like, I we don't. I think it's okay sometimes, man, to just know that you don't watch as much basketball as you want the world to believe you do. And like like that's and sometimes that's what people deal with. Like people did not know how good CJ McCullum was. So what we're talking about, you wouldn't trade Naw for him, you wouldn't trade Josh Hart for him. Get them the fuck out of here, man. Ask them that question <laughs> now. Nikhil Nikhil can't get off the fucking bench, man. He can't he can't be Trent Forster out, whatever the hell his name is, for minutes. And you wanna tell me you wouldn't trade him for CJ McCullum? Ask them that shit now and see what they say. That's the dumbest. And well, you know what? And every fan base gonna have to deal with it. If you 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 remember the the, the conversations, people not uh you know what I mean, wanting to trade THT and so on and so forth. Every fan base has to have this discussion at some point. If you got a young that's talent that's in this even looks like he can be something, but that was just stupid, Vinay. So thank you for pissing me off. <laughs> Facts. All right, man. We got one caller. We go get out of here. Levon, you still there? Sorry for the wait, man. We had, had some questions. Oh, sorry, good, sorry, good, bro. Um, yeah, I was just gonna ask um about the playing tournament uh that starts next week. Uh, I was gonna ask about the Clippers specifically because they just got PG back and they got Norman Powell back. I'm like, so I'm thinking like if they make, if they make it out of it, you guys see them giving Memphis or Phoenix like a real series? Yeah, I can, I can, I can see it. I can definitely see that, see that possibly happening. Uh, I, I still would pick Phoenix and the Clippers, Phoenix and the Grizzlies, probably in a you know six six games, because I think it's just tough, man. When guys miss that much time and go right into high leverage games, it, it's tough to turn to hit that gear that's necessary, man. So I'm still picking you know Phoenix and Memphis to come out unscathed, whether whatever team they play gets in the play on my end. Kings, what about you? Yeah, you know. Um... I would I would pick the Sixers to make it. I mean the um, Clippers to make it tough. But uh, you know at the end of the day, like you said, just having guys come in back this late, um, they, the chemistry really hasn't been developed anywhere. Once you put you put out those uh, really uh, just put out those really high leverage adjustments like the opposing teams like to do when, in a deep series, it's going to be hard for a team that hasn't you know played that much together in so long to really be able to uh, counter that on the court and execute uh, effectively and consistently against these type, those type of adjustments. But at the end of the day, though, they have a lot of talent, and just with PG alone, they could sneak one or two games. But I just think they won't have enough, um, you know, to be able to win to win against those teams. Right. Just for the record, Chris told me Pelicans in seven when they get to the first round against whoever it is. I just want to let you know that. Chris, Chris <laughs> I don't lie me like that. Know. He said Pelicans in seven. <laughs> don't lie me. Don't lie me like that. You know. He said Pelicans in seven. It don't matter who. I told my boy Miles I'm going to get the T-Wolves propaganda off, so I'm going to be on the same boat. 
<laughs> you know what? You know what? It might end up. Y'all might end up battling. You and Chris might end up battling, man. It might be T Wolves and Pelicans for that A spot. We don't know yet. We could, we could, but I'm going T Wolves all the way. And I, and like I said, I don't care if y'all pull up the old tweets. Propaganda <laughs> never gets erased. Hey, hey, times. Kings, Kings, how you feel? How you, how you feel? Uh, just basketball perspective about a, uh, about a Clippers T Wolves matchup, man. I'm, I don't think people, people are uh, talking enough about that, about what that matchup can look like. It's really, it's really intriguing to me. But I'm, I'm curious as a, as a T Wolves fan, like how you. You know, yeah. how, how do you see that? You know, I was talking with, with, with one of the people on the timeline, but I, we, we should win that game, honestly. Like, we should win that game. Um, PG has not cut, played enough games since he's been back. Um, we have enough athletic uh, wings, and Cat is a matchup, been a matchup nightmare all year. I mean, he should be, he'll pull Zubac, uh, Zubac off the paint, and we'll be able to exploit that. And we should be able to win that game. If, if, if we're, if we're as good as how, what we showed, Throughout the year, we should be able to win that game. If we don't win that game, we should definitely be able to beat whoever Pelican Spurs. I'm sorry, we should be able to beat whoever. <laughs> like uh, Miles was That's crazy. Miles was telling me that he's he's a little worried and, and there's concern about the playing because it's a, it's a one game, anything goes. But if you're good, if you're a playoff team, man, you gotta win one of those two. Like that's just what it is. Uh, okay, so go ahead. Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. We be having two or three questions. Come on, man. It's a weeknight. I'm playing with you. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> now, I was going to ask, you know about the playing tournament in general, right? Like, we know that they implemented it in, like, in the bubble to like, try to recoup some money. But, like, when you look at it, it's like, you know, a team like – a young team like Cleveland that's been, you know, playing so well the whole year, and now they got to fight for their lives next week in the playoff tournament. Do you guys think, like, the NBA's, you know, going to get rid of it because of that? You know, owners going to start complaining? Or do you guys see it as, like, a, like a long-term, long-term type of thing? Adam Silver just said today it's a long term, it's a fixture. He said it today he had a little that little state of the league meeting or whatever that he does. He said it today is staying. Uh, Mile, I think me and Kings both said the same thing. We just think it should be a game threshold. Like if I have like seven games up on you at the end of the '82, don't make me play a one off for my season. Like you know what I mean? They got to put they got to put a game a game threshold in it on my end. What about you, Kings? Yeah, you know I understand the game threshold because it's like you know it's like man like. How is it that you like eight games under five hundred? Like, we are above five hundred, and we and if we lose to you, we we not in the office. right. Like, <laughs> at the end of the day, though, I look at it as like, especially if you're the seven seed and the eight seed, it's like you get two chances. You know, what I mean, you get two chances to beat the playoffs. You play one of the you get you play a playoff team, and if you can't be a playoff team, well, then I don't know how good you are in the playoffs. And then if you lose to the playoff team, and then you lose to a ninth and ten seed right after, it's like. Should you have been in the playoffs for real? Like, I, I really don't have much sympathy for a team that loses two straight playing games, one to a playoff team, and then one to a ninth or tenth seed. Like, you know, I mean, like, I get the logic of you don't – there really doesn't need to be a threshold. If you're, if you're a playoff team, you're going to win those games. You know, I respect that because your team is in the play-in. So, you know what I mean? I, I respect that. I respect if we that can't beat the Spurs or the Pelicans, we are not a playoff team. That That's just what it is, bro. Like, I don't know what else. Listen, what we're not going to do, what we're not going to do is compare the, is compare the Pelicans and the Spurs in any form or fashion, okay? We're not going to do that. But, because because we we can go back to these to these Timberwolves Pelicans matchups throughout the year if you like. Okay, we can we can, we can can talk about them. You know, we want to talk about them now, but we can talk about them. 
Nobody, ain't nobody afraid to go on, go on the Minnesota Kings. Tell you that right now. I'm just saying, man. If we a playoff team, we gotta win and get. We gotta win one of these two, man. We just have to win. Mm-hmm. Cat start talking shit with that voice, man. Everybody, everybody will act like he he liked that. I ain't. I don't believe it yet. I don't believe it oh, either. Man. But we faking it till we make it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe them hey, faces, Kings. I, I'm sorry. Hey, you- it's like Muhammad Ali said, man. I said I was a great before I even knew I was, man. That's how I got to be sometimes. Make it till you make it. Make sure you guys follow Impatient Bull on Twitter. Follow his Kingsboro on Twitter. Follow myself, JJM55 underscore MST. Subscribe, follow the pod, give us feedback. We'll see you back here live next week with a playoff preview probably. Y'all be safe, Chris. I appreciate you, and we are out of here. <laughs>